Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. If you got your Bibles with you tonight for Bible study, let's let's join us. Uh, join us if you would in First Peter, First Peter chapter number one. I threw this I threw this statement up on the screen. We talked about it briefly. Let's let's take a look at it. To trust in, wait for, look for, or desire something, or to expect something beneficial in the future. And after we read that, I asked this, so how would you label that? What would you call that? What would that be a description of? And, and everybody just blurted out, hope, right? And that's because that slide popped up before the other one. That's the only reason why. Hope. Right? Think about it. Let's go back. Look at it. To trust in, wait for, look for, or desire something, or to expect something beneficial in the future. And that kind of really does define what hope is all about. And not just, not just hope as the world looks at hope. Right? Everybody needs hope. The Bible talks about that. You know, every, every individual, every person needs to have hope. But we must understand you know, what, what is hope? And I just threw that little definition up there. It's a confident expectation. I remember happening upon this definition a long time ago. It's not original. I forgot where I got it from or I would give credit. But someone, I heard someone say this, hope is, is understanding that God is up to something good on your behalf. So no matter what you're going through, Right? It kind of goes along with what we're talking about on Sunday morning, you know, this past Sunday, with overflow. We're talking about the will of God, and, and somebody get really nervous. And so I said, let's relabel the will of God as this, you know, understanding God wants what's best for you. Right? And so we talk about the will of God. What I'm saying is this. I am living in such a position where I'm able to receive what God has for me. And I know what God has for me is what's best for me. Well, hope is having a confident expectation that God is up to something good on my behalf. So you're, when you're in the midst of it, how many of us, let's just, let's, just, let's just see where we are. How many of us have been in the midst of it before? Go ahead, come on now, don't be ashamed. We're, we're friends, you've been in the midst of it before. Right, how many would be honest and say, I'm in the midst of it right now? There you go, yeah. And so while you're in the midst of it, you know what it means? I don't need to define in the midst of it, do I? I mean, when you're just going through it, your back's against the wall, you're just having, you know, time of life and, you know, circumstances, them unpleasant circumstances has, you know, visited your home, they, they've come in, they've, they're on your sofa, they're in your refrigerator, you know, circumstances, everywhere you turn. Well, sometimes God uses those circumstances to get us to another level, right? Deepen our faith or strengthen our faith or move us on in our faith. And the way we look at it is through hope. And that is this, we have an absolute, we have a confident expectation that God is up to something good on my behalf. 
I have to believe that, right? Because like I said on Sunday morning, what's the option? So if you don't live in the overflow, what's the option, <laughs> right? If I, if I don't live under the blessing of God, what's the option? Well, the only real option would be get close to somebody who is getting blessed, so maybe you'll get splashed, right? But I would rather me personally be in, you know, in God's favor, right? And so we talked a little bit about, about hope. Look what Peter says about it. First Peter, he introduces himself in verse 1. He's an apostle of, of Christ. He's, he's uh, talking to strangers scattered throughout. Now, these weren't strangers to Peter, these were, these were Israelites. These are born-again believers who were strangers in these lands. They were strangers in Pontus, in Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. So they weren't strangers to Peter, but where they were living, they were living like strangers. You know, there's another word you can put there, alien. They were aliens. Do you ever feel like an alien right, right here in your own town, in your own community, right? You know why that is? Because the Bible says this world is not our home. Amen. We're just passing through, right? Our citizenship is in heaven. And so every once in a while, man, we feel like strangers down. I feel like I'm a stranger. Everywhere I go, it's manipulation, you know, or it's, it's evil speaking, or it's doggy dog, right? Or it's who can I get even with now? I'm a stranger to that. I'm not supposed to live like that. So Peter's writing to these individuals, born-again believers, who feel like they're strangers in their own town. He describes in verse 2 as being elect according to the foreknowledge of God. And there's a whole lot there that we just can't get into tonight. But look at verse 3. Here's the whole purpose of this letter. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, now pay attention here, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Yeah, I want you to highlight or at least make a mental note of those words, lively hope. He's talking about a living hope here. And then he says this in verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved for you, where? In heaven. Reserved for you in heaven. So Peter's speaking to these individuals, these born-again believers like you and I, living in their communities, feel like strangers, and he's reminding them that God's got something better for us. Hello? God's got something better for us. What is it? Well, it's an inheritance, according to verse number 4, that's incorruptible. You can't corrupt it. It's undefiled, and it doesn't fade away, and it's reserved for you in heaven. Did you ever think about this? Did you ever, did you ever sing that song? Uh, uh, there's a new name written down in glory. You know what that means, Donald? It means there's a reservation in your name. We have a reservation in our name in heaven. Look at it again. He says this inheritance has been reserved for you. I like that, don't you? And that's all about hope. So let's talk about hope for just a little bit and, and ask this question. So what does it look like to have a living hope? What does it look like to live in hope, to live with the understanding under the influence of God's up to something good on my behalf. What does it look like? Well, we unpacked that last time, and I'm going to go through this briefly uh, because I want to give you the flip side of the coin. Because the flip side of the coin is this. You're either living in hope or you're living without hope. Right? right? Yep. 
So what's it look like? Well, let's unpack it. Here we go. We said this. If you're living in hope, right, you're embracing, you're embracing optimism. You know what optimism is, don't you? It's the opposite of pessimism. I got a cute little story I love to tell you, but it'll take me too long and I'll I just get away from it, so I'll tell you some other time. But I said this, and I just want to highlight this, and maybe you could jot this down if you weren't here last week or if you, or if you missed it. But there's a lot of people that live what, with what is called a negative filter. Did you ever hear that terminology before? You know what a negative filter is? Huh? I, I live with a negative filter. The ministry has produced a negative filter in my life. And that means this, uh, every time the phone rings, I don't think it's somebody calling me to say, preacher, I love you. You are the best, you know? And uh, no, I think it's somebody calling me to say, guess what? The building's on fire, right? I got, I got you know, I got, I got, got it in for you. You know, say, wow, well, how, how do you live? Well, when you live in, in a world in which we live, when there's so much drama, where there's so much negativity, right? Where there's so much waiting for the next shoe to drop, it's easy to develop this negative filter, right? All right, here you go. I don't have a negative filter. Okay, Um, Dave Shea. Nathan calls you at the same time every day, or when you text him, he responds almost, I mean, like within 30 seconds, right? So you didn't hear from him. Calls you every day at 2 o'clock, but you didn't hear from him today. Hmm, why didn't Nathan call? Well, you know what Doug? Let me text Nathan. Nathan, why didn't you call? You're waiting for that 30-second response. No response. A minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Huh? The, negative filter doesn't, the negative filter doesn't say, he's probably busy at work, he's doing something, that's my son, he forgot. No, the negative filter says, he, something, something happened to my son. He must have gotten in an accident. He, he got in a fight. He's lost. It's Nathan. He got lost. <laughs> That's the negative filter. Now, don't deny it. Don't deny it. Huh? I've, I've, I've had at one time, maybe, no, maybe just three. I was going to say four. But I had three teenagers in my house at the same time. Whew. Man, pray for some of you. That's rough business. And when they would go out, now they're getting a little older now, you know, now they're 16, 17, 18 years old now, and they're going to go out with their friends. And I, I, I really, I honestly wanted to go with them everywhere they went. They, it just, they just weren't happy about that, you know. But so, but if they were just a little bit late, you know, if they were supposed to be home at 10, man, 10.05, I'm, I'm pacing. And where are they at? You know, they're in the car. You know, something happened in the car. And you know how many times, do you know how many times I thought through accidents tragedies, difficulties, and then all of a sudden I see the car pull up in the driveway and I say, thank the Lord, I'm going to bed. Huh? That's living with a negative filter, right? But when, you're, when you live in hope, when you live in hope, you embrace optimism. You see things, you see things differently. We talked about that last time. Do you remember? We said this also, look, you find meaning and purpose in life. And that involves your relationships and, and your service and your hobbies. And you, you live a fulfilled life. Why? You're living in hope. Amen? You live with purpose. Uh, you're open to change. You're open to change. If you're living with hope, if you, if you, if you live with this, this thought, God is up to something good, 
well, then you know it's, something's going to change. And in order to enjoy what God's up to, you're going to have to be open to change. You say, what kind of change? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's changing your routine a little bit. You know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's changing your attitude a little bit. Maybe it's changing your filter a little bit. I'm not sure, but I will tell you this. People who live in hope are open to change because they want God's best. They want to see what God's got, you know, down the road for them. I'm excited to see what God's got in store for Open Bible. You know, I, I think God's got some big plans for us. I don't think we've seen it yet. You know, I'm excited about what's going on. You know, I think we're just scratching the surface and, and we're, we're re, you know, we're, we're kind of like solidifying the foundation, a great foundation. We're just solidifying it and we're going to expand it. It's going to be exciting, you know, live with op optimism. Oh, I don't know about these changes the preacher's making. Stay with me until we get to the next part of the message. You'll find yourself there. Spread, you spread hope to others. If you're living in hope, you spread hope to others. Don't you like being around people that are up? Huh? You walk in, Nathan walks into my office, Pastor, how you doing this morning? Can I get you anything? No, I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? Doing pretty good. But then he comes in tomorrow, Pastor, how are you today? Would you help me? Nathan, I don't have time for this right now. You need to, <laughs> need to be around people that are upbeat, not wet blankets, you know. Man, we're out soul winning the other day. I got five people saved. Really? How do you know they got saved? I'm not going to get that report to you again. Right? Amen. Uh, and then finally, you develop resilience. People who live in help, hope develop a resilience. You know, we talked a little bit about that um, last time. So, so living in hope, we, we don't fold under pressure. So Peter speaks to us about developing a lively hope, or what he's saying is this. He's talking to those individuals who are living in some tough times, going through it, and he's asking them to do this, to just be hopeful, live in hope, hmm. right? But then there's the flip side of the coin. There are those who live without hope. The Bible's got a lot to say about that. Let me, let me share a couple of Bible verses with you. Uh, Ephesians 2, verse 12. Look at, look at that Bible verse. Paul's speaking to church in Ephesus. If I were to put it in the context, it would take me time to develop it. But as he says, that at that time, at what time? Let me just say this. Here's context. When they were lost. Before they met Christ is what he's talking about. At that time, ye were without Christ, being what? Aliens, strangers from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. And without God in the world. I just heard it said today, I'm not sure where, it may have been here. How do people do it in this world, in this life, without God? Huh? Thank the Lord I got saved 1979. So if you do the math, I think that's almost 44 years. This November will be 44 years I've been saved. Wow. Man. 44 years. I really don't remember much of life without God. But I'll tell you this, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Why? Because that's me. I was without Christ. I was a stranger to the promises of God, covenants of God. You know? They had no bearing. The only prayer God heard from me was, save me. That's the only prayer he hears from a lost person. Lord, save me. I need to get saved. So how do people make it without God? That's having no hope without God. Huh? Look at this Bible verse. Here's the psalmist speaking, Psalm 42, verse 11. 
speaking to himself. Psalmist is speaking to himself. Do you ever speak to yourself? Come on, be honest. How many speak to yourself? Man, you don't like to be honest, do you? <laughs> Nothing wrong with speaking to yourself. You know what they say the problem is? When you answer yourself. That's the problem. He said this, why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's speaking to himself. Look what he says, cast down, O my soul. Why art thou cast down? Pretty serious. Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Amen. So here's my conclusion. The first part of that verse, he's living, he's, he's lost his hope. He's lost his focus. Are you with me? Look, why art thou cast, he's cast down. His soul's cast down. He, you know, he's, he's disquieted within me. What's, what's going on? There's something going in. You know there's evidence in the Bible that David suffered depression? Huh? Look here, cast down. My, why art thou cast down, O my soul? That's not a happy person. Huh? You think it's a happy person? No. And by the way, you know, depression doesn't mean you're in this long-term relationship with sadness. No, depression comes and goes. It's a day, it's a week. It's two days, it's three days, it might be a month, for some it's longer. Hello? And the reason the psalmist says uh, he was in that state is he lost his hope. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of, health of my countenance and my God. Powerful, isn't it? Living without hope. Uh, look at this Bible verse. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. <laughs> right? Hope deferred make it the heart sick. How many of us have, man, we've just had our hopes shattered, our dreams crushed, only to put our faith back in God and come to find out God either brought it back to me or had something better for me, right? Uh, let me refer you back to our Sunday morning message about you know, how do you live in the overflow? It takes understanding. What do we understand? We understand that God wants what's best for us. And I don't know what's best for me. Help me. What I think is best for me, mm, probably is. I can't even scratch the surface as to what God knows is what's best for me. Right? Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. So what does it look like to live without hope? And I'm, I don't have a lot of time i got five things I'm going to share with you, and I promise you I'll go, go real quick. I won't keep you any longer because we've got watermelon and cookies waiting for you. Right? Uh, so what does it look like to live without hope? You have a pessimistic outlook. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, well, preacher, what are you saying? Isn't that the same as having a negative outlook? No. Or a negative filter? No. See, people with a negative filter want to believe what's best, you know, it's just that they had so many things negative happen to them that they just lean toward negativity. But they want to believe it's going to be good. I'm an optimistic person. I'm a, I'm a cup full, you know. I, I, I'm a guy, get the parking lot done next week. Yeah, nobody caught that, huh? Huh? You know, a pessimistic individual never sees good in anything. You know, it's always, it's always bleakness, you know, right? No matter what it is, it's personal, relational, spiritual, people that live without hope have a tendency to be pessimistic. Pessimistic. I got to tell you this story. I got to tell you this story. I'll cut something else out, but I'll tell you the story. Did you ever hear about two little boys? 
beautiful kids. They were twins, two brothers, twins. One was an, was, one was an, a, a, an optimist, the other was a pessimist. And I mean to tell you, they fit the mold. And so the parents didn't know what to do, and so they brought them into the pasture, and the pastor uh, talked with them and said, let, let, let's do this, let's try this. When's their birthday? Birthday is September 1st. On September 1st, let's do this. At your house, I want you to, you know, go into your, your, your one son, the optimistic son's bedroom, and I want you to gift wrap all kinds of boxes and put them in there, and then, uh, and then in your pessimistic son's uh, uh, bedroom, I want you to, I want you to bring in uh, a pony, right? No, I'm sorry. I, what I want you to do, I want, I want you to just bring in the same boxes, and man, they're tearing up the gifts, and the, the pessimistic uh, kid is opening up these boxes. And I mean to tell you, everything a young boy would want, I mean, he's tearing it up. And all you hear him saying is, junk, I didn't ask for this. Who wants this? Nobody likes these. I mean, just hopefully your children don't treat your gifts that way. My kids usually like the boxes more than the gifts, right? But then you go into the, the optimistic boy's bedroom, and he opens up one box, and it's filled with horse manure. And that little fellow, the parents are standing, that little fellow starts taking the horse manure, throwing it around, and he was saying, he heard him say, with this much horse manure, there's got to be a pony someplace. <laughs> Isn't that a great story? <laughs> See the difference? Now that kid would have been big trouble throwing horse manure around in his bedroom. <laughs> but that's what happens when you live Without hope, you, 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 de you develop this pessimistic outlook. You see the worst in everything. Oh, that'll never work. Oh, we're never going to be able to do that. Pastor Helen, where are we going to put a parking lot in there? We, we've been trying to do it forever. Huh? Now, listen, if that's your attitude, talk to the deacons. Please don't come to me. You know, because I try to put my rose-colored glasses on each morning and see things a little differently. Not only that, look here, you, 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 if you're living without hope, you might, lose, you, you might have a lack of motivation. You have a lack of motivation. i got to get through these pretty quickly. Living without hope causes you to be aimless. Sometimes you feel like you're trapped or stuck. Why? you got no hope. You don't believe God's up to something good, so now all the circumstances of life are upon you, and this is the way it's going to be forever. I'm just stuck. And that's when people begin to make some crazy decisions. You know, they begin to do some crazy things. They often feel overwhelmed, constantly dwelling on negative things, may even, even produce despair. You know, you get despair. And, uh, and then desperate. And when you're desperate, I tell you why, that's not a good place to be, right? And then at times it causes us to maybe feel, uh, we, we attempt to live uh, isolated. Um, and, you know, that, that's a thing that happens often. People begin to isolate themselves from social interactions. Uh, I mean, they're just not in a good way. Uh, and then finally, they spread, <laughs> they spread negativity to others. People who lack hope can't spread hope, but they're spreading something. Everybody's spreading something, right? Just be careful. She's coughing when I'm saying that. Uh, just be careful who you get around. Be careful of the voices you allow in your ear. Help me here. Did you ever do this? Did you ever take a break? Did you ever take a vacation? Did you ever just turn off the negative vow? 
I mean, just, just go make up your mind. You know what? This person's talking, calls me up, talking about that. I don't, I, I, I'm shutting it down. I'm not watching any negative TV. I, I've done this. I promise you, I've done this for the last two weeks because my health has been up and down. I've had some blood pressure problems, and I've just been worn out. And so I, I, I stopped watching the news, Kevin. I've not watched news for two weeks. And guess what? I have no idea what's going on in this world other than Trump's under arrest again. That's about all I know. And I don't even know why. Is Biden still alive? Did he kill Biden? I don't know. I have not even watched the news. But I haven't, look here, I haven't, I don't feel like I've skipped a beat. I just, I just had to detach, you know, not feeling good. I just had to detach from all the negativity. And you turn the news on, there's nothing good. Right? There's nothing good. Right? Spread negativity to others. So, what do we do about this? You know, how, how, can we, how can we fix this? I love this Bible verse. I have this Bible verse memorized. It's part of my meditation list. Do you have a meditation list? I have a meditation list of Scripture. I can pull it off for you right here on my iPad. And that's part of my meditation list. Now, the God of hope, I love this, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Think about it. Look here. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may what? Abound in Hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Isn't that great truth? Man, there's some Bible verses that you ought to just, just grab hold of and anchor into and just make the mental exercises. You know what I mean by that? It's, I, I tell you, you, you may not believe me, but I promise you it's true. That Bible verse is quoted in my head several, several times a day and many others. Driving down the road, just quoting Scripture. And some of these Bible verses just help my heart, you know? especially when I'm not feeling good, you know, especially my wife's not feeling good, you know, we're going through a time right now. And so we need to make sure we're living in hope, keeping our mind focused on the things of God, right? So uh, how do you overcome? Maybe three quick thoughts, and I'm just going to mention them. Number one, challenge your negative thoughts. Challenge your negative thoughts. Now, I don't have anything to put up on the screen, so I want you to listen to me. Challenge your negative thoughts. Did you ever hear this? Did you ever hear this? Term, terminology as far as thinking, remove and replace. Did you ever hear that? Remove and replace. Remove the lies, replace with truth. Remove the negativity, replace with positivity, right? And so I think it's really important for us to challenge our negative thoughts and make sure we're not dwelling upon things that just aren't true, right? Things that aren't true. Uh, not only that, find meaning and purpose in life again, you know? Uh, maybe get, get back to serving God or start serving God. You know, maybe get a hobby. Get a hobby. You say, I'm not good at hobbies. How do you know? You don't have any. You, know, you need to dabble a little bit. I can't play golf. I, don't, don't play golf. Play poker. I don't know. Just teasing. But if you do play poker and win, make sure you tithe. Volunteer someplace. Volunteer somewhere. Use up some of that idle time. You know, get your purpose back. And then finally, cultivate, cultivate gratitude. I'm going to say much about this. I'm going to preach about it on Sunday morning, about that overflow, that final thing, understanding obedience and gratitude. But you need to develop and cultivate gratitude. Focus on what God has done for you. Focus on what God has done for you. God has been so good. Huh? And maybe, maybe you want to do this. Keep a gratitude journal. Huh? Did you ever do that? How many of you journal? Do you journal? Nobody does anything here. You never want to respond. Brother Will, thank you. 
journal. I love the journal. I journal. My wife journals. I don't really have a gratitude journal. I, I don't want to make one because God's been so good to me. And every once in a while, do you, ever, you, you remember that song? Count your blessings. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And now every once in a while you start to get overwhelmed by life. And I think if you start to cultivate a little gratitude and begin to think about all that God has done, how good God has been, boy, it has a way of making an impact, changing your thinking. Amen? Amen. So, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. God never meant for us to live without hope. No, not at all. God wants a once you and I have this confident expectation that he's up to something good for us. Why? Because God is good. And God is for us. And as the slogan says, God gets us. Yeah. Let me just encourage you. Focus. Focus on hope. Right? Let go of regret and worries and replace them with trust and hope. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.